0: Well, hey there folks, I am Dave Holmes. Welcome to Troubled Waters, the show that treats popular culture as the most important kind of culture because it's keeping you alive right now. I uh, know in the before times, Troubled Waters would pit two teams of comedians against each other in a pop culture battle royale. But now we're basically living in a uh, apocalypse prepper's paradise. Everyone on the show is recording from their respective bunkers. So we're mixing things up a bit to keep things simple and so that our producer Christian can have a life. It doesn't involve explaining mic setup in quick time to people. So to win this battle, each comic will be called upon to use their smarts, their rhetorical skills, maybe the university degrees they're still paying off. Eh, probably not, because they don't live here where we have to do that nonsense. To earn the coveted troubled waters title, pundit emeritus, the pundit emeritus title automatically. Gives a person's opinion on, um, let's say, whether Carol Baskin absolutely murdered her husband more weight than a civilian's. We'll get into that. You're listening to Troubled Waters. Today we are connecting to our comics via Google Hangouts, and uh, everybody's home studios look pretty cozy. One of our contestants is in a tent. We'll address that in a moment. (laughs) We're taking advantage of the fact that we are not meeting in studio to say hello to a few friends of ours from across the pond, where it is nighttime. Our first contestant is the host of the Beef and Dairy Network podcast here on Maximum Fun. You know him. You love him. He's
1: Ben Partridge. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm uh fine. Given the circumstances, I'm fine. As as you mentioned, I'm in a little tent that I've created out of a um, a slightly smelly duvet in a kind of my girlfriend's wardrobe. And um it's like a little inner sanctum in which no one else can come into and hopefully will give you lovely uh echo-free sound. What are you uh what are you what are you soothing your soul with during this uh time of quarantine? Are you binging? Or are you, what are you doing? I'm I'm binging um, chocolate eggs. I don't know what mm. what you guys do over Easter in America, but we've got this thing called the cream egg. Are you aware of the <laughs> cream egg? Yeah, we have that. Oh, my God. We have that. Yeah, they've become a real crutch. What is the cream and cream eggs? <laughs> the cream and cream eggs is a sort of lovely confection made by, I think, elves or fairies um, or some kind mm-hmm. of Sylvanian... Uh, kind of woodland creature and the actual uh, recipe is is very secret but uh, and Sarah will know this, America has ruined the cream egg because the cream egg egg used to be very very nice indeed and then a company called Kraft, who um, you'll be well aware of bought Cadbury's and they said uh, their big pledge is we're not going to change the flavour of the chocolate and then they did
0: yeah, that's uh, that's America for you. I'm sorry about it.
2: They changed all Cadbury's chocolate into cream cheese, into the Kraft cream cheese. It all tastes like Kraft cream cheese now.
1: What's a craft yeah, dinner? That's a thing that. people talk about, right?
2: <laughs> that is a more of a Canadian
0: thing, but I believe that is Kraft macaroni and cheese.
1: Right, okay.
0: Yeah. Which I will hear no sass about Kraft macaroni and cheese. So is Kraft, is,
1: truth. is Kraft a Canadian company? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't think so.
0: It's just they just call it something different up there.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Uh, our second contestant is the former head writer of International Waters and a good friend of the
1: show. Oh, hi guys.
0: Miss Sarah Morgan,
2: how are you? Hi. I'm sorry. I've just been interrupting all the way through this. You'll probably edit this out, but no, no, it's no, uh, totally. Fine. I, I'm just excited. Listen, we're to talk starved to... for human content. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just. I'm so excited. There's like three grown ups in front of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 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 the best. Hi. So how are you getting through it? Well, I was going to say all the like the sort of slightly smug things like gardening. I'm very into gardening. I'm growing tomatoes, Uh, binge watching The Simpsons with my daughter. Uh, But then Ben mentioned uh, cream eggs and and I literally just opened a drawer next to me, didn't even have to move my seat and pulled out. My stash of Cadbury's cream eggs.
0: A stash of Cadbury cream eggs, like a pair of junkies. Yeah,
2: they are. <laughs> even though they are made by croft, they are delicious. And they sort of have like a, a frenulum inside them that you lick the cream out of. And they're absolutely filthy. Uh, frenulum? Yeah, I, I've mainly been eating
0: those. I've been waiting for the word frenulum to be used on this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: they are. I don't, uh, think the mine,
1: is over. I don't think mine have frenulums inside them. I think you've got some... <laughs> You a know, sort of the seam, audition.
2: you know, like the seam in that is also the seam in some testicles, but not all of them. Uh, <laughs> they yeah. Cream bags yeah, have a about. seam inside them. Yeah, they do have a bit of a seam. Yeah. yeah I guess so. And yeah. that, okay. yeah. The French, <laughs> <laughs> <Surely> <laughs> <is> the term. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just lowering the tone as I have my, yes, that's how I've been coping that and lo- supporting local beer companies, um, it's not how Great. I've been coping. Yeah, there's a lot of breweries in Tottenham and I'm slowly drinking my way through all of their, their stockpile. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic.
0: I am, uh, because it's early in the day, having coffee in, and I didn't <gasps> even do this on purpose, what? in my Coronation Street mug. Lovely.
2: Oh. Are you still watching,
0: Corey? You know, we've fallen off a little bit mm. and then I, I, I do check in on uh, on the mirror just to, just to make sure yeah. that I'm up with the storylines mm-hmm. and whatever. And I saw, spoiler alert, sure? that they've killed Eccles. The dog Oh my god The dog They've already oh, done The, the oh. you know The tribute Montage and,
2: and everything Can't they just Send him upstairs To listen to tapes Like they did with Tracy She went upstairs exactly. To listen to tapes exactly. And came down 10 years later No one mind It was fine Exactly Poor Tommy
0: Duckworth <laughs> Got uh, got caught on camera uh, Doing violent raps
2: And he was just <laughs> he vanished In the middle of a scene Yeah They took all the men Out at one point When Me Too was happening And it was great Just the women Yeah
1: <laughs> And then, obviously, the dog will go on to what you do after you leave Coronation Street, which is pantomimes.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I guess Broad that's Church. true.
0: <laughs> They're trying to make Panto happen in the states, by the way. No There's way. Yeah. A theater in Pasadena, yeah, at uh, at Christmas time that uh, that puts him up. It's not quite taking on yet. Mm. But, uh, but we wish them the best of luck. Yeah, let's so, make Panto uh, happen. Okay. Yeah. And, and honestly, that could be the point that you are fighting for this week, because now that we have said hello to our players, <laughs> it's time to see who has the better grasp of what matters this week. In the world of popular culture, so players, you will each be given a chance to tell me what you think is the most important or tragically overlooked story or person or event of the past week or two. And please know if it if it's if it's political, if it has any real news value, if it is about coronavirus, save it save it for Twitter. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. Uh, just make a case. I'll have some follow-up questions. You'll have an opportunity to tell me why your story or take should prevail over your opponents. Do you understand? You understand. Um, Sarah, we'll have you go first.
2: Oh, God. Uh, I, I'm going to say like, the fitness marshal. Big fan of the fitness marshal. <laughs> does anyone I don't know, know what that is? that is. The fitness marshal is a man on YouTube who is very enthusiastic and uh, uh, does dance routines to pop songs uh, that are of interest to gay men and seven-year-old girls. Um, it's a lot of Lizzo. Our, our interest so often in. Oh, I mean, you know, Disney Plus is, is, is essentially seven year Falls, old and gay men.
0: The um, collected works of David Decoteau. Uh <laughs> They're they're not as yeah we're not as different as we like to think. Girls allowed. Yeah,
2: exactly. So the, all the all that sort of music, your Lizzos, your Demi. Uh, surname, uh, a woman, uh, yeah, yeah Billy Eilish's, uh, your Lady Gaga's, uh, a very enthusiastic young man uh, called um, something Marshall, hence the name of the Fitness Marshall, uh, does dancing in a small part of LA that looks it looks like a sort of hiking trail. So you get like hikers uh-huh. behind him, and he'll he'll do a sort of quite complicated dance routine. Uh, to uh, good as hell that leaves you feeling sort of alive afterwards and, and worthwhile. So he's been he's been he's been making me very happy in these troubled times.
0: Alright, so this song is all about enjoying life when you ain't got no money. So if you feel that message right now, I want you to dance from your soul. <laughs> up with it girl, rock with it girl, swearing so girl. for the right girl, dance with it girl, up, up girl. down.
2: Get tweeted, down, it girl.
1: I'll take it. Benjamin? Um, I guess my favourite little sort of celebrity news thing, I think it's maybe from a couple of weeks ago, actually, but it was from the period of the coronavirus um, shenanigan where it was before the lockdown, but things were beginning to feel a little bit dicey. And um, you may be aware of the Australian slash Greek slash British pop star Peter Andre.
0: Vaguely. I know he's done a lot of push-ups.
1: Oh yeah, he's done a lot of push-ups. He um he had a he had a one-hit wonder. He's a bit of a one-hit wonder. He had a big sh- uh, hit in Britain called "Mysterious Girl." He then went in the jungle, the Celebrity Jungle show, uh, where he claimed to have written a song while he was on the show called "Insania." Um, yeah. Around the campfire, he just came up with it. But then, as soon as he left the jungle, it was recorded and ready to release. Uh, which oh. was an incredible little story of him having to like try and seed the idea that he'd come up with the single Insania uh, during the show. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, before uh, it all went into lockdown, he was the first celebrity to take it seriously, and uh, I thought it was great because he did a gig in Southampton, and there was a huge poster when he got there that said, "Due to recent cases of coronavirus." Please do not have any physical contact with Peter Andre. Please do not take any selfies with Peter Andre. Apologies for any inconvenience. Thank you. And uh, people were annoyed about that because they went to see Peter Andre. And when you go and see Peter Andre, a big part of the experience, I think, is, is touching those washboard abs, you know? Yeah, that's sh- why
2: sweaty shirtlessness. Exactly. A, and and, and as she, assuming a sweaty shirtless selfie exactly. It's so probably why a big part go. if
1: you're a fan, yeah. Uh, and fans were up in arms about it. Uh, <laughs> and then he... <laughs> replied to it saying no 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 that's not that's fake news uh in fact i hugged everyone who who came to the concert which looking back now from our lockdown vantage point just seems <laughs> yeah. a like a terrible decision peter andre has died yeah <laughs> yeah um he's a super I, spreader uh,
0: what i love about it so far is uh due to the spread of coronavirus please adhere to physical distancing while you're at this show protect yourselves and each other but, but I like that the sign was, please protect Peter Andre. Oh, yeah. From <laughs> yeah, coronavirus.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Our,
0: our greatest, our national treasure, Peter Andre. It
1: reminds me of um, every New Year's Eve, the BBC shows a, a concert by a different artist uh, going up to midnight. And a couple of years ago, it was Robbie Williams, who was formerly of the, the boy band Take That. And oh, uh, You don't
0: need to tell me who Robbie Williams
1: is. Sure, but maybe some of the listeners <laughs> aren't aware of this uh, Cultural some of his
2: some of m- his modeling. Christmas special this year. If they got through the panto talk, they got it. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. um, There's a great bit where he went down to the audience, to the crowd, and put his hand out like they do so people can kind of touch his hand and all the sort of middle-aged yep. women were going absolutely nuts. And then the camera caught him just in like the seconds it took for him to walk from the crowd back up to the stage. He like with amazing sleight of hand, like kind of Penn and Teller, got out some hand sanitizer and really quickly rubbed his hands before he went back to the mic. And it was this incredibly, like, well-choreographed bit of movement. Incredible stuff. So he was well ahead of all of us. Oh, he's magic, Yeah.
0: that Robbie Williams. All right, two solid stories. Two yeah. solid stories. Really ben Partridge yeah. is playing for Peter Andre. Sarah Morgan is playing for Fitness Marshall? Fitness Marshall, yeah. Love it. Yeah. So Peter Andre versus Fitness Marshall, those are your buzzing words. Keep them ready as we move <laughs> forward. Let's uh, get it going with a game we are calling Indoor Kids Culture Club. Now, one of the few positive things about us all basically being grounded is that we finally have a chance to dive into a lot of the pop culture stuff, the peak television, the film experiences, uh, perhaps the books, please, that we missed out on when they, were, uh, when they were new or when we were supposed to read them for school. Think of all the Netflix shows that stopped being relevant the week after everyone binged them. I'm going to list a few things that I'm looking for. I will let both players get a chance to give me a quick elevator pitch, uh, a recommendation, whoever, whoever makes the most compelling pitch will win a point. Okay. So we'll start with some light reading. What is a, what's a fun, engaging book? Something, something enjoyable that one of our listeners can read once, of course, they have finished my memoir, Party of One, available <laughs> on Amazon now.
2: Oh, damn, I was going to say that. Uh, love the chapter on, uh, on, uh, on a stock channing. Uh yeah, I win already. Don't that know. would have been good. Yeah. Um, I'll go for Reread Tales of the City. chapter you. on which? Re- re- uh, on uh, Stockard Channing. Uh, there are worse things I oh, could Oh, yeah. Eat. Okay,
0: cool.
2: Did you- yeah. Love Thank <laughs> you. You-, you love your own chapter. I love Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a great yeah. chapter. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good one. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to say Reread Tales of the City. If you've not Read reread Tales of the City for a while, or uh, Armistead Maupin's other books, Night Listener, or maybe The Moon. I've just reread those.
0: I have only read his Tales of the City books. I've never read any <gasps> any other thing that he's done. Oh, a Night like, Listener, none of it.
2: Oh, Night Listener and Maybe the Moon are both beautiful. Oh, they're so so good. Maybe the Moon is about is a fictionalized version of the woman who was inside the costume of ET. She was a a, a little person. Uh, and there was genuinely a little woman inside uh, E.T. in the film and he did a fictionalised version because they were friends in real life, the actress, and I did a fictionalised version of her life and it's wow. go- stunning. I like
0: it. I yeah. like it. I, I love the Tales of the City books. Mm.
2: Did you get
0: into the Netflix reboot? Uh,
2: it was it, it was well-intentioned and I probably should finish watching it. It, it was. was. Yeah. It was. it
1: was. Damning. It was. Benjamin? Books? Um,
2: there's never been a better time
1: to read a little book well actually it's a a series of books called the bible (laughs) oh i'm listening you may think you're having a miserable time locked in your own flat but have you been turned into a pillar of salt no are you being forced to sacrifice your own son no are you having to cater for a party (laughs) of three thousand with only two (laughs) fishes and five loaves no nightmare so it's a good way of feeling like someone else had it worse.
0: Wow. Okay, you know what? You've made a decent point mm. for the Bible. Point to you, Benjamin Partridge. <laughs> uh, now, okay, let's talk peak TV. Okay. Um, we're in the golden age of television, which means there's so goddamn much of it that nobody can watch it all. What's a good peak TV series that you think someone should binge
2: now that they have the time? Sarah? I, I, I nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Was okay. nailed it. Nailed it. It's a show about baking, but unlike the British baking show where people have competence, it's the same level of enthusiasm, but it's people who genuinely don't know how to bake, but really try very hard. And everyone's incredibly encouraging. And you get a lot of UCB mm-hmm. comics on as guest judges. And it's it's so similar every single episode that you can sort of go into a coma while you're watching it because it's exactly the same structure. It's like, here's a really complicated biscuit. Make it. They fail. Everyone laughs and is supportive. Then there's here's a bigger cake. Make that they make it everyone supportive it's it's lovely and literally made of icing wow Mm, we need that benjamin
1: um you could do what i've been doing which is um i'd never seen the sopranos before because it, it was slightly before my time just about so i went i've sort of gone back to watch the sopranos and uh it's great fun isn't it it's great fun it was. It's making me think that when it first came out, I guess you would have been around at this time. Maybe even watching The Sopranos. People who were really into The Sopranos must have been really, really insufferable. Yes. Yes. Like there must have been yeah. like a generation of people. Like I've got to stop myself at all times doing a kind of Italian American accent for fun. Just at all times. That's mm-hmm. that's in the back of my mind. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. I would recommend it. But I, yeah, it must have been awful. It, it must have been quite a bad time. It, it was.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I lived through it in New York City. And I'm here to tell you, it was absolutely traumatic. A lot of people suddenly saying like gabagool as as though they had been saying it their whole lives. So
1: what is gabagool?
0: <laughs> it's 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 uh, it's, to, it's spelled out. It's capicola oh. or capicola or whatever. It's like a, it's a kind of meat or cheese or something. I It's, and it's food. <laughs> yeah, it's probably some sort of ham. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, it was it was a million people saying, you know, stugots and shit. It really drove me crazy. Yeah. Uh and for that reason, point to Sarah. No, but
1: I think it's now like a sort of safe space to watch it now without the kind of I think so. uh terminal velocity of everyone watching it so that it just feels awful, you know? Yeah.
0: There's no one to annoy you. You just watch it. <laughs> exactly. And if I see- then you go to bed exactly in your
2: own home. You can walk around your yeah. flat in a T-shirt from it, like a what's it called, a Bada Bing T-shirt and a Bada Bing keyring, oh, and yeah. just be that guy in Bada your Bing own house. Oh, everyone had T-shirts yeah. and hats and keyrings, like sort of missing the point of. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, I missed yeah. all this the first time round.
2: Arguing about the ending—was yeah. it good? Was it bad? Oh, Ben, do, yeah. you, do you need to? If you need to have a was the ending good conversation with, I'm I'm in. Well, That's I haven't why. got there yet. oh um, oh um it doesn't end there's no ending nothing nothing nope it never ended (laughs) yeah you're
1: not actually yeah i hope he finally gets the perfect bit of gabagool and he just eats (laughs) it and dies oh
0: yeah yeah Yeah, well
1: i will say no more
0: okay (laughs) um what about a really good trashy movie just something purely escapist
2: I don't think it's, I wouldn't call it trashy, but I've been watching, I've really been enjoying uh, musicals because uh, they're good. And I, I had never seen Sweet Charity, even though obviously all the songs Ooh. from it are in my brain. Uh, so that's a really good watch. Uh, Shirley MacLaine is uh-huh. wonderful. It's got lots of weird 60s effects that I didn't realize. It's got Hey Spender in it. So, yeah. The way that you started
0: that, I wouldn't <laughs> call it trashy, but I wanted so badly for you to say Schindler's List, <laughs> but you didn't. You 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 zinged yeah. <laughs> when I thought you were going to zag, yeah. <laughs> and you went sweet charity.
1: What happens to the sweet charity?
2: Um, uh, What's well, Shirley MacLaine is a kind of uh, thirsty harness sleeve girl who just desperately wants to fall in love uh, in the sixties, which should be quite annoying, but she's so like just an open wound of a person it's 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 hypnotic and she has a one night stand with a famous man and just makes him and 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 every time she just thinks he's going to fall in love it's basically she just wants to fall in love and it's so utterly shameless for that it's lovely i mean she works in like a a a thing that i don't did was this ever a thing in america like a tango bar in Times Square where men would pay money to go and dance with women and obviously the implication is there's more it going on than been. dancing but it's effect, effect, effectively men would pay to go and sort of do close quarter tangoing with a lot of bored women who look a bit Moulin rouge and but she was very <laughs> yeah. ashamed of it and her shame was that she worked in this place hoping to meet her husband. But mm-hmm. it's very uplifting.
0: Those places must have existed because they're they're referred to in so much other popular culture. Yeah. Must have existed, <laughs> and they must not have just been brothels. Christian, it has to have been something in between.
2: Christian Draynis has popped up saying taxi dancers. Taxi dancers. I mean, if that's what if they're, that they're called, that's what they would be called. Because that's yeah. a job I probably would have done in my twenties. Sounds if, you, if it's just tangoing, seems like a laugh, yeah. but yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, also famously referred to in Pat Benatar's "Love Is a Battlefield" video.
2: Really? Are they
1: called taxi dancers because all they will talk about is immigration? <laughs>
2: <laughs> when they're going to get Brexit done? That's uh, what I want to know. Partridge, what is your
0: trashy movie recommendation?
1: Hmm. I've not actually watched a movie this entire time because I've, I've been a hundred percent immersed in the world of New Jersey. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but. Um, but what's your go-to? My go-to. Well, I'm one of those people that never watches films twice, I'm afraid. I think I've maybe watched two films Mm. twice in my life, which I know is really weird. And what are they? Mm. I've seen Jurassic Park twice, definitely. (laughs) Uh, I've seen Little Shop of Horrors twice.
2: I mean, if you're going to see one film twice.
1: (laughs) But maybe that's it. Like, I'm not a big film re-watcher because I sort of feel like you should just watch a new one. I know know it's not a defendable point of view. Mm. Maybe Little Shop of Horrors is a good one to go for.
2: It's never a bad film to go to. It's for. pretty good. Yeah. I mean,
1: my par- I went to it's see, pretty good. I went to take some shopping to my parents' house the other day. And obviously, I couldn't speak to them. I had to leave the shopping on their front door. And then I sort of stood back about 20 feet and then we had a little conversation. I said, What are you doing? And they said, Oh, we're just watching a film on the television. And I said, What is it? And they put on a film called Inferno, which is set during the plague. <laughs> Such a bad choice of film from. ITV what, like, the or far, it was. The
2: fire of London, the plague and the fire of London. Yeah. Like, oh. But if you so, go on Netflix, it's like the number one trending film is something about pandemics. People are nuts. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't
0: understand why you wouldn't want to escape this moment. Also, I think it's really interesting that Rick Moranis decided to rejoin the world and then the world shut <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs>
2: That's a very good point. But, he, they, but they're doing a reboot, aren't they? <laughs> Which just sounds... Who's it? There's someone controversial. There's controversial people in it. I got very upset that a, a, a sexy man, because I thought he was going to play... Uh, uh, um, Rick Moranis' part but he's not he's playing the dentist who should be played by a sexy man he was played by Steve Martin in the film and therefore is a sexy man yeah, um, yeah. oh it's Chris Evans Chris Evans the, uh, I knew it was one so. of the Chris's I couldn't remember which one yes but that's yeah. fine he should be a sexy character I strong feelings on this subject but the dentist should be a sexy character otherwise it means that Audrey's an idiot and Audrey's not an idiot
1: who's playing she's not an idiot no uh, who's, who's playing Rick Moranis is it Barack Obama yes it's
0: Barack Obama it it's should ben. be Barack Obama yeah we need to find a new project for that man
1: <laughs> I thought he was going to be making um, like Netflix programs But I've not seen any of them He did, he had
0: Oh, Taron Egerton is rumoured to play the Rick Moranis role since so Christian uh, Christian Duenius Interesting. Um, Yeah, uh, the first uh, Barack and Michelle Obama uh, documentary Is up on Netflix It's called Crip Camp I haven't watched it yet
1: Is he behind Tiger <laughs> so, um, King? <laughs>
0: He is not behind Tiger King. Thank goodness. Uh, solid answers from the both of you. You are both wrong. Unfortunately, the, uh, the trashy movie to watch during lockdown is Pat Benatar's Love is a Battlefield. Uh, okay. um, what about music? What music will pull me out of this particular horrifying cultural moment?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm mostly listening to a radio station we have in the UK called Absolute Radio Rock, which is essentially dad music. Ooh. Yeah, it's dad music all day, every day. Uh, and it's, are you also it's, washing a car? It's, it's 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 sort of like driving music, but obviously you can't drive anywhere at the moment. But it's um, it's all you. It's 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 not what you'd call rock. It's like just sort of uh, power ballads. I'm going. I'm just pulling up there. Yeah, we well, like Wind of Change, Dire Straits, okay. Leonard oh. Skinner. What, I'm looking it at their again? most recent. It's called Absolute Radio Rock. And it's, it is, Alexa, it is play just... Absolute
0: Radio Rock. <laughs> I can't find the stage in Absolute Radio Rock. Well, Alexa can't find it. Oh,
2: it will. Let Thanks for care. trying.
0: I, sorry, Alexa's still talking to me about the <laughs> new skills. That's <laughs> great. I don't, I'm not going to need it. It's Absolute Radio Rock. I can't find it, but it sounds great. It, it's
2: terrific. sounds like you get yeah. your...
0: Uh, you get your uh, walk of life from dire straits oh. six times a day. Oh,
2: absolutely! Uh, a lot of right. love is a battlefield. Yeah, it's a lot of it's. It's music that you you can sh- You can make an overbite and make a power fist like you're on Henman I Hill. Love while you're listening to, and it really I love you it. get some feelings out, and you're not sure means. what. They, oh, so uh, Tim Henman, tennis player, and um, when people go along to support him, they sit on a place called Henman Hill, where you can see down into Wimbledon without having to buy Wimbledon tickets, and they shout, "Come on, Tim!" and they do a Henman fist. Love it's it. very white. Um, it's, love it. Yeah. Benjamin, my tip is something that
1: um, something that I don't normally listen to, <laughs> but for some reason, something about the specific chemistry of the world of lockdown. Had me um, reaching for this song. I hadn't listened to it maybe for five years, and then this. Are you going to play it? I'm going to play it. <laughs> 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 oh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs>
0: Everywhere you go, always take the weather with you.
1: I think I'm missing weather, maybe. <laughs> ben, I
0: love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Neil Finn is a, is a personal hero. Five points to you for that one.
2: Yeah. Yes.
0: Well done. At the end of that round, the scores are as follows. Christian is got his head down furiously <laughs> doing mathematics. Okay. <laughs> Peter Andre's got six. Fitness Marshall has two. (laughs) I like saying things that way. All right. Now it's time for a round we are calling What Hasn't Stephen King Written? Now, according to his Wikipedia (gasps) page, Stephen King is known as the king of horror. Although I don't know why they decided on that when the Stephen of horror (laughs) was sitting right there. But anyway, he is not just limited to horror. He's written fantasy, he's written historical fiction, he's written post-apocalyptic tales of a world ravaged by disease. Interesting. Uh, You might as well just ask, what hasn't Stephen King written? And in this round, that's exactly what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a description of a book Stephen King hasn't written, and you are going to guess the title. So let's just go through how it'll work. I would say something like, in this book, a town historically associated with witch trials is terrorized. By a millionaire's demon boat. The answer would be
2: Salem's yacht. Salem's yacht. That's exactly correct.
0: Okay, here we go. You ready?
2: Okay. So okay, I think, so it's it's homonyms for Stephen King books, and yeah. Okay. Yes. Good, got it. Great.
1: Just just so you know, I know zero of those, but this. Is, I'm, okay. But I think this means that when I do get one right, it's going to be all the more impressive. Yeah. It. <laughs>
0: well, we'll, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Question number one. In this book, we follow Danny Torrance as he grows up and tries to overcome his trauma at the Overlook Hotel, all while studying at medical school and trying to become a herd animal that produces wool.
2: <laughs> Dr. Sheep? Oh, sorry, do, I have, to, Dr. Sheep is do right? I have to buzz in?
0: You should buzz in. I mean, yeah, you should buzz in. Okay, so you get it. You get it. Point
1: these are the titles of Goosebumps books, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> Stephen King books. Right,
0: okay. Number two. In this book, a group of children get terrorized by a monster played by Tim Curry in the TV miniseries who takes the form of a nightmarish breast. (laughs) Uh. Um, Is it uh, Peter Andre? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tits. Yes. Point to you. Point to you. Number three in this chilling tale adapted twice for the movies. A group of domesticated animals trained to become priests. Uh, Peter
1: Andre. Yeah. Reverend Duck. (laughs) No. Very close.
2: Oh, pet. Oh, seminary. Yes! (laughs) Pet seminary. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: Uh, This is maybe his most famous work. Uh, It was adapted for the screen by Stanley Kubrick. And in it, a writer takes a job as a winter caretaker of an isolated hotel. While there, he and his family are haunted by a very timid and introverted Chandler from (laughs) France. (laughs)
2: <laughs> the, shy <bee. laughs> the Shy bee. There you go the, the Shy bee. <laughs> the
1: answers aren't the names of Stephen King novels They sound they are, God damn it, uh, like uh,
2: it. Yeah. Ben,
1: ben Partridge They're Stephen King books but with a bit of wordplay yeah. I, I see I see Stephen <laughs>
0: King didn't really write a book called Tip <laughs> He didn't
1: Oh I see
0: Okay Number five oh, Number five Great <laughs> I hope okay. this never ends Number five, in this, in this 2009 book, later adapted for a three part series on CBS, a small town in Maine has to deal with suddenly being cut off from the outside world when it's trapped under a jovial bearded garden ornament.
2: (laughs) Under the elf.
0: (laughs) You're so close.
2: Under the gnome.
0: Under the gnome is correct. All right. Uh, (laughs) In this book, a group of children is terrorized by a monster memorably played by tim curry in the tv miniseries yeah. who takes the form of a nightmarish pimple <laughs> uh
1: p- peter andre
0: yes zit yes yes i, I found as much of a bloodbath as you might have i
1: finally understand this uh, game. number
0: seven popular writer paul sheldon is trapped in his super fan annie wilkes home after suffering an accident she confines him to a bed and terrorizes him with trivia questions
2: oh f- uh, fitness marshal Quizzery
0: Quizery is correct. Okay. Okay.
1: That's what I'm experiencing right now. And
0: <laughs> and finally, in this book, a group of children is terrorized by a monster, memorably played by Tim Curry in the TV mini-series, who takes the form of a nightmarish real bastard of an old man.
2: A fitness marshal.
0: Git! Git! Is correct. Let's tabulate them scores.
2: Well done, John Christy Lee Roberts, swings. I'm assuming. <laughs>
0: <gasps> it's a tie Peter Andre's got eight fitness Marshall hats eight it's on ooh we're going to take a little break we will be right back with more Troubled Waters after this
1: if you're looking for a new comedy podcast why not try the Beef and Dairy Network it won best comedy at the British Podcast Awards in 2017 and 2018 also I'm There were no horses in this country until the the mid to late 60s Specialist bovine arse vet Both of his eyes are squid's eyes Yogurt buffet She was
0: married to a bacon farmer who saved her life Farm-raised snow
1: leopard Download it today, that's the Beef and Dairy Network podcast from MaximumFun.org Also, maybe start at episode 1, or weirdly, episode 36, which for some reason requires no knowledge of the rest of the show
0: Hey there, welcome back to Troubled Waters. I am your host, Dave Holmes. With us playing are Ben Partridge and Sarah Morgan from our beloved city of London. Are you both in London? Mm-hmm. I'm in Cardiff. Are you? That's, that's London, right? That's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Our next round is called Christ or Carrots, <laughs> playing up the centuries-long battle between Oster, Oster the, the pagan spring fertility festival, and Easter the Christian conveniently scheduled holiday. In this round, we are going to pit the two icons of the respective holidays against each other. On one side, we will have the subject of multiple stage musicals, an Anne Rice novel, at least one version of the Bible, Jesus Christ. On the other, we will have a being of mass destruction, at least according to the historical film work of Monty Python, the bunny. I'm going to give you a list of actors and ask you to guess if they've played Jesus or a rabbit on TV or in a movie. If you get the answer right, you get a point. If you can name the movie or the show, you get another point. (laughs) For example, if we said John Legend, and you said Jesus, you get one point. If you also said Jesus Christ Superstar, because that is really a thing that happened on live TV, on NBC, you would get another point. Okay? Quick thing. There's one extra factor here. Since there's only so much time our writers can spend researching actors, even during these times, there's a chance we might have missed a role or two. So... In honor of Easter being a holiday that the church has just declared has always been theirs, if you can successfully convince me through memory or just skillful bullshit that the actor actually played Jesus <laughs> or a rabbit in a different project after getting a question wrong, I will give you a point. You got it? Got it. Cool. Number one, James Corden.
2: Oh, Fitness module. Uh, yes. Uh, he played uh, Peter Rabbit in the bad cartoon.
0: Point to you. and oh. Actually, two points to you because you said Peter Rabbit. Hmm. Uh, okay. Okay. Number two, Ewan McGregor,
2: Peter
1: Andre. I'm yes. just going to say rabbit because I think he's quite a bad casting for Jesus.
0: Okay, well he did play Jesus in Last Days in the Desert, but ah. if you can convince me that he played a rabbit <laughs> in a different movie that I maybe didn't remember.
1: Yes, well what you won't remember maybe is that because it was overshadowed by Train Spotting, um, he played a, a heroin-addicted rabbit in a very s- similar film. <laughs> Um, That was, as I say, overshadowed by the Danny Boyle classic um, about uh, a warren full of rabbits, all of them taking heroin. Have you ever seen Wardship Down? (laughs) Yes. It's like that, but but even
2: more tragic
1: somehow. Wow. As if that were possible. I believe you. Point to you. One point to you.
2: Question number three, Justin Thoreau. Fitness marshal. Yes. Rabbit
0: unfortunately he played jesus h christ in a movie called the 10 by the 10 commandments very funny movie oh. uh but if you want to tell me about the project that he sure. played, right? no
2: because i don't i i i know i'm pretty certain i'm getting him mixed up with a different person in my head so but i'm gonna think uh, like follow the thread as if it's that person uh which means i think he's the documentary maker louis through uh who did that uh uh, he did, it was a documentary about furries and he 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 dressed up as a furry to fit in but not but in a kind of not jo- not no judging kind of way uh, it was great it was on bbc2 in the 90s it was yeah uh, louis threw meets the furries and doesn't judge them was the title of the of the doc
1: incredible amount of detail on that bullshit
2: answer yeah, so sure. point to you
0: um, number 4 peter capaldi
1: peter andre jesus
0: unfortunately <laughs> i can't give you that ah. because it's wrong <laughs> oh no um, he played a rabbit, and as a matter of fact, in the same year he did it twice. He was uh, he played rabbit in Christopher Robin, and he played Kihar in the BBC Netflix Watership Down.
1: But what you're forgetting—that's two rabbits. What you're forgetting, oh. is that oh. Peter Capaldi played Jesus in the movie Scottish Jesus, <laughs> where um, Jesus is addicted to heroin. What? Okay, I would
0: like to see that movie. Yeah, and the cross—the so- cross
1: he has to bear—is his. Addiction, and it's all—it's all a big metaphor. I—I mm. I give you a half a point. I give okay. you a half a point.
0: Scotch uh, Jesus look at Number five. Joaquin Phoenix. Fitness Marshall. Yes. Jesus. He did play Jesus in Mary Magdalene, and I bet it was unbelievably self-indulgent. I'm already mad at it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number Smug six. As fuck. Michael Sheen.
2: Um, uh, oh, Fitness uh, Marshall. Ma- fitness he's Marshall. <laughs> oh shit, Ben. <laughs> okay, let Ben have it, because he's Welsh. <laughs>
1: I want to give it to Sarah, though, because sure. I think my answer is, he kind of played Jesus, but it wasn't actually Jesus. Explain. He was in a theatrical production that I watched called The Passion of Port Talbot, which was a big, large-scale theatrical production in which he played a Jesus-like figure called, I think, The Teacher. That was then made into a movie the footage from the film, footage from the theatre production. So that was what I was thinking of, but in Strictly strictly Speaking, he didn't actually play Jesus at all. But then maybe he played a rabbit in something else. That answer was all over the place. <laughs> I don't mind telling you. You kind of just said everything. Yeah.
0: So because he did play a rabbit, I will give you a point. <laughs> yeah. And then you made up some other stuff. So another point. Why not? <laughs> um, okay. Bruce Willis. Uh, fitness marshal. Yes. Rabbit. He did play a rabbit in the movie North, which was not great. But the what,
1: books are, what are all these films with Hollywood A-listers playing rabbits in that no one's ever
2: seen? There's a lot of DreamWorks bullshit with rabbits in. Is that I, what it I, is? I, my brain is mentally going through DreamWorks bullshit with rabbits in at the moment. Netflix yeah. filler. This, that particular one was a live action movie oh, okay. based on a children's book by
0: Alan Zweibel, which is a really good children's okay. book, but apparently a really bad movie. Okay. Uh, number
1: eight, Matthew Perry. Uh, Peter Andre. I've got an image of him being a rabbit in Friends. Ah! Like dressing up like a rabbit. Two points
2: to you. Yes. Yes,
0: rabbit and friends. And finally, James McAvoy.
2: Oh, Fitness marshal.
0: Would I give up my life and follow him with
2: 12 other men? Yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's beside the point.
2: Would you shop
1: him to the Romans? Yes, you would.
2: <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> would you wash his feet with your hair?
1: Oh, would I? Would you touch the holes in his hands?
0: <laughs> yes, I do. Um, and an answer to the follow-up question: Yes.
1: Uh, Would you
2: eat him in wafer form?
0: <laughs> I will answer no further
2: questions.
1: Would you go to sub-Saharan Africa to preach about him?
2: It's weird. I haven't. <laughs> Rabbit or Jesus? Uh, fitness marshal. Yeah. Jesus. Incorrect. Rabbit in Watership Down. Oh, oh no! But you, no, you're forgetting the film where he played um, heroin Jesus uh, in in Scotland. Uh, it- There's so many heroin Jesus. Yeah. It came
1: out at the same time as Scottish Jesus. It was like the kind yeah, of yeah. deep impact Armageddon thing.
2: Yeah, it was the re- it was the yeah. remake. It was like the sh- you know like they did a remake of Shameless and they did it in America. Yeah. He was in the remake of Scottish Heroin Jesus called um, somewhere non in the south Heroin Jesus. Well, you know what? You each get
0: five yeah. points because we really did go down that. Uh, would I follow James McAvoy to X? And I would. Um, So, yeah, (laughs) bonus points all around in the spirit of Easter. At the end of that round, the scores are as follows. Oh, my God. Peter Andre with a a slight edge, 18.5 to 18. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back.
2: Hey, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington.
0: And I'm Elliot Kalin. Together, we're The Flophouse. A podcast where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. Movies like Space Hobos, Into the Outer Reaches of the Unknown and the Things That We Don't Know, the movie. And also, Who's That Grandma?
1: Zazzle Zippers, Breakdown 2, and Backhanded Compliment. Elvis is a policeman.
0: Baby Crocodile and the Happy Twins. Leftover Potatoes. Station Wagon 3. Herbie Goes to Hell. New episodes available every other Saturday. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. Welcome back to Troubled Waters. I'm your host, Dave Holmes. With us, Ben Partridge and Sarah Morgan. I'm actually not with them. They're in their own homes in a whole different country, but we're all individually in lockdown together, playing Troubled Waters and moving into our final category, which is motivational speeches. Now, a few months ago, we challenged our guests to come up with their own locker room motivational speeches to get our listeners all riled up with the gusto of a a Coach Taylor or a Coach uh, James McAvoy. So today, we're gonna to give you a slightly different challenge. Rather than look towards sports movies for inspiration, we're gonna look at another genre of film, disaster films. Because no matter how scared, no matter how down and out the characters might be, there's always someone who comes along, gives them a speech, rallies them together, makes them see that victory can be achieved. Let's, um, let's, let's have a listen to the most iconic example. And should we win the day, the Fourth of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight. We're you know what? Let's let's cut that. I can't I can't it's too painful to listen to an actual real American at <laughs> this particular time in history. So um, so we're going to give you something that our actual listeners have said that they are struggling with during these times. We're going to ask you to deliver us a Pullman-esque speech to get them to get the shit done. These are actual dilemmas we have received. Um, ben, I'm going to start with you because you're in a slight lead. <clears throat> you have 90 seconds to make our listeners shower on a regular basis. Go.
1: Fellow citizens, uh, now this is a time when you might start letting your responsibilities slide. I understand why this might be the case. I myself haven't washed my legs in over six months. But it is important that you shower. Uh, Sometimes people think, maybe I'll just do my pits over the sink. Maybe I'll just get a wet wipe and run it over my ball sack. I'm here to say that is not enough. We are citizens of Britain, America, of the world. Also, I believe coronavirus multiplies on a ball sack. Sanitize those balls, sanitize those boys, and uh, you'll get to the other side. I'll see you there, citizens, <laughs> and remember: vote Boris. <laughs> that was a verbatim now, Boris Johnson speech from only yesterday. Wow!
0: Yeah, you know what? I uh, I was roused by it. I was not aroused by it. Good. But I was, I was, I was, I was roused into action. Even even though in the last 15 seconds, I was like, he's making this up as he's going on. <laughs> there was a moment where the, the incredible work that you did on that speech was not super evident. Uh Sarah, your challenge, and this is one that we've gotten a bunch of times. Okay. You have 90 seconds uh-huh. to convince our listeners to either fill or empty their dishwasher. <laughs> Make our listeners do the dishes. You have 90 seconds starting now. People
2: of this country and other countries who are listening to this who are lucky enough to have a dishwasher in their houses uh, i invite you to use the time to open the door let the steam clean your glasses which is a good way of cleaning your glasses if you're a glasses wearer and most importantly before you do anything else check your fucking privilege because you have a dishwasher (laughs) you do not have dishwashers so even though it's slightly annoying, to bend over, do your, do, your, uh, do your Pilates while you're down there, stretch your back out, uh, pull out the little plasticky tray thing, have a fun conversation with your family about what order spoon, fork, Knife goes, because they might disagree with you. That's quality time with your family. I'm digressing from this being a disaster movie, and what I say to you is, knives go in the knife drawer and uh, people who didn't empty the dishwashers are Hitler. Uh, Hitler hated dishwashers because they didn't exist in the war. And if you think about it like that, who's the real winner here? It's (laughs) people with dishwashers. (laughs) Uh, Vote (laughs) for Boris.
0: (laughs) Wow. Both, both very rousing. (laughs) (sighs) But truly only one of our disaster movie speakers <laughs> had the guts, the balls, the clean balls uh, to reference Hitler. Uh, and that's Sarah Morgan. Congratulations. Clean balls, balls clean glasses, disaster full ice, play heart, can't lose. To Sarah Morgan, <laughs> that means your
2: your opinion, which I've already forgotten what oh, it was. Oh, I mean- Oh, fitness uh, marshal. Watch the fitness marshal, he's fun. Move your body you around, fit- it's good for mental martial. health.
0: There you go. Yeah. There you go. And you know, and and it, this is this is unfortunately binding. The next time you see Peter Andre, you have to touch
2: him.
1: Yeah, oh, well, it's going to be hard.
2: I'll, but, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll I'll lick him up and down till he says stop. That's not his song, is it? I've just remembered that was someone else's. It isn't. But, it isn't. Know, but it's a great song. I will. I will.
0: T- I, and I've always loved that lyric. <laughs> Let me lick you up and down till you say stop. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's consent. It's it was good. It was an early consent answer. It's
0: implied that there's a point at which a person wants to not be licked anymore uh
2: dave trust <laughs> me there's, there's always a point
1: also i'm not sure that is good Sarah. uh
0: okay before we go real quick uh plug what you're doing and then plug something someone else is doing that'll get them through the quarantine uh ben we'll start with you
1: um so i make a podcast called the beef and dairy network podcast and uh i would appreciate it if you gave that a go and subscribed and see what you think and something that someone else is doing, I'm really enjoying it at the moment, um, there's a man called Marek Larwood, who is a UK comic. And every day he yeah, tries- Yeah, he's been on the show. Oh, great. And every day at the moment through lockdown, he tries to recreate a um, a kind of visual arts masterwork, you know, be that the Sunflowers by Van Gogh or the um, Mona Lisa. But he gives himself 15 minutes and uh, films himself. And there's something very charming about it. And it's lovely to
2: watch. Very calming. Ah, good good 15 minutes. I will check that out. Sarah Morgan. Lovely. Uh, I have a podcast called The Fear Podcast, which is uh, on hiatus at the moment, but there's three series of that you can listen to. I interview funny people about what they're scared of, which in these times is nice because it's not about what's going on at the moment watch a show on uh, sky one in the, this country and peacock in the u.s called intelligence it's uh david schwimmer and nick mohammed i was the uh, story producer on it it's very funny um and it's got you got content on peacock sarah morgan i got content with, i got david schwimmer content on peacock baby uh i yeah oh. it's a lovely show to work on it's very funny it's uh, uh and yeah I, I got to see david schwimmer eat a colin the caterpillar marks and spencer's cake that's the only gossip i have from set but it's the best gossip he did not eat the is, face. He let the birthday boy eight. have it, as is tradition with the Colin the caterpillar that cake. That's all I need is,
0: to know. Is
2: peacock a quibby? It's it's not on a quibby, no. No,
0: it's a peacock, uh, which will allegedly have all of the Saturday Night Lives on it. So it's instantly indispensable. <laughs> uh, all right. Sarah Morgan, Ben Partridge, thank you so much for playing Troubled Waters. You that were at the AirPods, thank you for listening. And we'll see you. We will see you next time on Troubled Waters. Even listening to Troubled Waters with me, Dave Holmes, playing with Ben Partridge. Hello. Goodbye. Sarah Morgan. Hello, goodbye. <laughs> Our theme music is USA versus White Noise by Lady Tron. Thanks to them for letting us use it. The script was written by Riley Silverman and John Luke Roberts. Our producers are Christian Duaneus and Laura Swisher. Smooches!